Welcome to and almost starring the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Joe the Devil. <laughs> and today, oh baby, it's the Devil's Advocate. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Joe, how are you doing today? Jeff, I'm fine. I can't believe we're about to have a quote-unquote serious discussion about this stupid movie, but I'm, I'm looking forward to we'll, it. We'll see how serious this discussion is. Uh, <laughs> you know, it is October. We want to do a, a, a series of films that are a little spookier, a little te- technically horror. This is kind of a horror film it's at least horrifically made <laughs> it is a horror it's to a the eyes show. and the ears yes. it is a horror show yeah. <laughs> this is a horror movie for the scenery because the whole time they're just looking at each other like oh god which of us is al pacino gonna eat next oh, he's munching on us all i see what you're ottoman saying. after ottoman chair by chair no bed because as we know he has no bed because he doesn't <laughs> right it's like where does he sleep who says he sleep where does he f- everywhere oh it is. He something. means it too. He sure does. He proves it. He sure does. Well, you know, the devil is in those details. Anyway, The Devil's Advocate is a supernatural drama thriller horror morality tale that came out on October 17th, 1997. Ooh, the spookiest year. And was directed by Taylor Hackford and written by Jonathan Lemkin and Tony Gilroy. Amy Cho, what is your experience with The Devil's Advocate? Had you seen it before? Yeah. We've watched it a few times, which is shocking given the length. It is absurdly long. Somehow, the film, in some ways, feels like it flies by, but it also feels like it is conservatively six hours long. It's it's actually quite like the the quote unquote third act. Why Mm. do I keep saying quote unquote? The third act of the (laughs) film, if you will, is so theatrical in that it's a lot of long scenes between very few people as opposed to cinematic which you've got a lot of that early on you right know? it is so long that last scene in oh. in his little penthouse uh where he's just monologuing and monologuing yeah yeah, yeah. uh but was that your first time seeing it with me i couldn't remember yeah you... yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 1997. Amy Jo Jackson was not like you know what I want to see this. I, well, sure, but it was. Very... It could have been thrown on in a party of people being like, no, "Oh, this movie's supposed to be like kind, that kind of, of party, sexy, the kind raunchiest, of weird. the raunchiest film that we would put on at a party was Rocky ah. Horror. <laughs> Although one time sure. I did watch American Beauty at a friend's house, uh-huh. and of course. <laughs> My friend's mom walks in right at the moment where he who must not be named is reaching his hand into the bathtub. And she was like, I don't know if this is a good movie for you girls to be watching. I was like, I promise I've seen it already and this is the worst part. Uh, Also, a large amount of moments in this movie that, you know, if you could have a parent walk in and be like, oh, you're watching some kind of legal. Oh, is this injustice for all with Al Pacino? Oh, you're out of order. You're out of order. The whole system's out of order. Oh, I love that. Let me just pop down on the couch here next to you, son. And Let's watch oh, this. Right. And then, you know, there's a, a small child holding um, ovaries. Oh, right. <sighs> See, there's so much that's so ridiculous in this film. I had already forgotten about that part. Uh, yeah. or, or just uh, some naked, cut up Charlize. A lot of moments that you don't want your mom or dad. No, in a church, in, no less. In, in a church, no less. Yeah. And I don't remember when the first time I saw this was. But definitely 
younger. I, I feel like this is 97. I probably saw this around like 99, 2000. I was probably like 13 or 12, which is really the prime. Even for it's an R. Oh, yeah. It's one of those movies where it's rated R. But really, it's for 13-year-olds. So in that way, it's like, you should be rated PG-13. You're not appropriate for a 13-year-old, I guess. But you're, no but one... center of the bullseye. No one above 16 should enjoy this movie. <laughs> and I really only like 16, like 13 to 16-year-old boys that don't understand anything about life or sex or women or the law or Certainly the devil. Certainly not the law. Uh, <laughs> Nothing. I don't understand much about the law, and I know more than this. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, let's get right into it. Spoilers ahead. If you have not seen The Devil's Advocate or haven't seen it in a while, here's a brief-ish synopsis. And it's only going to be ish, because this movie is so long. So long. But I will say, before we get into it, that opening title card of The Devil's Advocate, with that musical sting, it looked like the intro for an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It was a TV movie level little opening title card uh i will say it's a stupid title but it's also a good title like i get how you're like oh let's make a lawyer drama mm -hmm. and use this like well-worn phrase and make it mean something different it's a it's a title i appreciate even if it is a bit and by a bit i mean completely on the nose yeah i agree with your first sentiment that it's a bad title <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Kevin Lomax, a defense attorney from Gainesville, Florida, ow, boy, boy, has never lost a case. As he defends a school teacher against a charge of child molestation, Kevin belatedly realizes his client is guilty, and local reporter Larry, well, I looked up in the credits, I was like, Larry, oh, Larry the reporter. Oh, local Larry. Oh, local Larry, coming in with your news, warns him a guilty verdict is inevitable. Through a harsh cross-examination, Kevin destroys the victim's credibility, securing a not guilty verdict. This poor girl. It's very To Kill a Mockingbird. Only, you know, she's, she's like, telling the truth. Yes, know? but, you know, to be fair, she did uh, draw a note saying that her teacher was a huge hog beast. He must eat a hundred pancakes. He, oh, no, no, a thousand. Oh, sorry. Uh, he, he probably eats a thousand pancakes a day. <laughs> Just like, uh, okay, so I've been going through all these boxes in the attic of, like, all these, like, middle school and high school notes I pass back and forth with my friends, and they are mm -hmm. howlingly funny. Oh, but boy. I'm like, you would never want one of these to be read oh, aloud in a court of law. But nor should that be used as evidence against no, you to show that you're a liar. You're writing in, like, pink yeah. pen with swirly handwriting and writing <laughs> stupid Stupid things to make each other laugh. I loved when he when he first when Keanu first is, says says like says a huge hog beast. He probably eats a thousand pancakes because I love that, especially for films like this. I love having the subtitles on because it just goes <laughs> onlookers murmuring because everyone's like, oh, hey, ooh, ooh, a, thousand, a, minute, a thousand pancakes. That's a lot of pancakes. If she had only said a hundred pancakes, I still might believe her. But she said a thousand, so she's a liar because <laughs> no one could eat a thousand pancakes. Believe me, I've tried. I don't understand hyperbole. <laughs> Also, while watching, I was like, Keanu, I think is actually pretty good in this scene because you can see that he really doesn't like doing this. You can see because he is now aware because his the guy's defending is literally jerking off uh. under the table uh, and looks at him like, uh, what, is there a problem here? And it's like, yeah, don't jerk off in the courtroom, guy. Uh, but I was like, oh, he's, but you see like, you know, when you're like, I don't want to be doing this, so I'm going to double down yeah, go with hard. my like righteous indignation about the thing because I... And also angry about the situation. And I have to, to get through my day. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Kevin's pretty good in this scene. And then he was really bad in the next scene when he's pretending to be drunk. Where I was like, ooh, add that to the list. Because I love, 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 love Keanu. But along with accents, especially British, Shakespeare, 
I'm going to add in playing drunk or something he cannot do. Because there's like the guy then, the representative uh, of yeah. uh, oh. the law firm comes in. And he's just literally like, that's a good one. Ha, ha, ha. Literally as if the script goes, H-A, exclamation point. H-A, exclamation point. And you know H-A, what? It might have, point. but it's your job as the actor to transform that into <laughs> life. Note he's following the script to the letter. Well, he doesn't want to get a note. He does not. Um, but yes, as I said, a representative of the New York City law firm, Milton Chadwick Waters, which I was hoping meant that John Waters would be one of the other... Uh, oh, now, ma- that, now we're talking. Now we have right? a movie. Now we are talking. Just like a random... Like, Eddie Barzoon is played Eddie by... Eddie Barzoon yeah. oh, as John Waters. That'd be kind of great. Look, I didn't suggest it because I thought it was a bad idea. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but yes, this guy shows up and he's like, they offer Kevin a large sum of money to assist a jury selection. Uh, after the jury delivers a not guilty verdict, the head of the firm, John Milton, offers Kevin a large salary and an upscale apartment if he joins them. Real subtle name choice I there. I know. I know. It's like, really? Literally? I found my paradise. <laughs> it's right here. In the Big Apple. Uh... <laughs> Kevin accepts the job, and he and his wife, Marianne, move to Manhattan, which, Marianne, Charlize, I love, <laughs> it, it felt like, because she was like 20 when she filmed this. She was wow. a ba baby. But that, I mean, he's defending, this guy's accused of molesting this, like, what, I don't know how old she's supposed to be, like 13? She's like in middle school. Yeah, she looks like 12 or 13. Yes. And... It's awful. And she just leans in from behind him and is like, hey, baby, looks like you need a drink. Let's go to the bar. It's just so like, read the room, woman. Like, it, it, it felt like she did not know what. I wasn't paying attention. What I was that, what the, filing those, my nails. She didn't see those pages of the script and she just came in and they're like, oh, yeah, we don't know yet what. We're writing the script as we go, Charlize. We don't know what this is yet. But just, uh, you just need to be a fun, flirty presence. Yes. Uh, but it's really like. It's like. Oh, this is like, honey, you need a drink. It's there, it's like, honey, let's go drinking. There are definitely people who aid and abet their spouses in, in way. Like, there are definitely women who behave like that, I'm sure. But it also feels yeah. like, what? And I mean, I get it in the sense that, you know, this woman who is like not at all showing whatever sympathy for this poor girl on the stand or like whatever. So yeah. like, let's, well, who cares? Let's go drink in and now we can dance and you can bite my butt cheek on the dance floor. Uh, and then to have her go through this you know awful awful yeah transformation of uh everything else that happens that we'll get into right now as we continue this synopsis uh so they head to new york and soon kevin is spending most of his time at work leaving marianne feeling isolated kevin's fundamentalist mother alice visits new york city and suggests they both return home but kevin refuses i would like to take one quick moment here to say i think they cast alice beautifully i agree like, I don't know who this person is. She just looks very much like, yeah, that's that's who that yeah. person is. Well, I'll you tell know? you right now, she uh Judith Ivy. That's Judith Ivy. Judith Ivy, who wow. Yeah. Uh big stage actor. Uh she was in she played Margaret Thatcher in the audience with Helen Mirren. Tracks. Wow, I'm really embarrassed. I didn't recognize I Judith know. Ivy. I know. Well, she is made up to look like Alice from the Brady Bunch, to be fair. So yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, but yeah, she was also in the heiress oh, with uh, Jessica like Chastain. Amish Alice. Um, it, yeah, so 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 much. But I thought she was so good. She, she really felt excellent. like someone that just walked in that off the street. That makes sense. It was Judith Ivy. I she, know. She can act. I know. I was like, wait, what? Wait, what? Once wow. I like looked it up to be like, oh, let me just look up this, this person's name. This is why name, I so. don't do research. <laughs> uh, when billionaire Alex Cullen is accused of murdering his wife, his stepson, and a maid, Milton assigns the high-profile case to Kevin. 
This demands more of Kevin's time, further separating him from Marianne, and he begins to fantasize about his co-worker, Christabella. 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 Marianne begins seeing visions of the partner's wives becoming demonic and as a nightmare about a baby playing with her removed ovaries, which was... Yeah. 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 I mean, gross to begin with, but also all I could think of, because it sounds she's, it sounds like someone's in the house, like someone's broken in, mm-hmm. and then she looks and there's a baby. And that really is the perfect disguise for a burglar, <laughs> is to be dressed like a baby. Because if you look at it, that baby, it looks a lot like a little baby, Gerard Depardieu. Oh. And I, you know, it's just like, oh, where's your mommy? And it's like, oh, I do not know. Please help me. Please I mean, go. Uh, uh, Google Gaga. If you could go looking for my mama, I will rifle through your jewelry. Uh, <laughs> I mean, wow. I mean, oh, wow. I mean, um, give me my bottle. <laughs> of wine? A wine. The bottle loves this bottle of wine. Just a bottle and put that little nipple on top. stupid. And yet, not as stupid as the rest of this movie? Question mark? Well, different kind of stupid, different kind I suppose. Of stupid. Moving on, Marianne begs Kevin to return to Gainesville, of which he disapproves. Milton suggests Kevin step down from the trial to tend to his wife, but Kevin claims that if he steps down and she recovers, he may resent her for costing him the case, which is a real douche move. I mean, Kev. at least he is uh, cognizant enough of what's going on this in is his true. brain. I, right. I feel like most people would bury that. You know, and not be yeah. actualized enough to be but able if to understand that. That cognizant about it, then he should be able to speak to his wife a little he better. Want to care then, about then her? Then stop. All. Reset. Oh my gosh! I, I I I what number one? Amy Joe, don't worry. I will never tell you to reset. Well, thank you because you that would not go down well. I'm like crying. Stop. Reset. What does that even mean? Breathe? Like I don't know. Was he trying? Maybe you know what? Maybe his. Uh, you, you, didn't, you didn't have time to show it in this like two hour twenty minute movie. But it, his favorite show is actually Saved by the Bell, and he's trying to do a Zach Morris timeout, and it just didn't, didn't work. Didn't it, maybe maybe, maybe they love to watch Saved by the Bell, and he thought it would cheer her up, but he he she, misquoted it. She does look a bit like Elizabeth Berkeley at the beginning of this film. <laughs> she does very similar it's hair. That, it's the tight yeah. curl. It's those tight blonde curls. Mm-hmm. Tight blonde curls. She's so. Scared. <laughs> Charlize is so so scared in this film. Well, she was so excited. She's so excited, then, you know. and then she's so scared. Eddie Barzoon. Eddie the... Barzoon. <laughs> oh, another he who should not be named. Oh, uh, that's true. That's uh... true. Um, the firm's managing partner is convinced that Kevin is competing for his job when he discovers Kevin's name is on the firm's charter. Surprised, Kevin denies any knowledge of this, and Eddie threatens to inform the United States Attorney's Office of the law firm's activities. What? They're not on the up-and-ups, huh? We're all shocked. Shook. Kevin tells Milton about Eddie's threats, but Milton dismisses them as Eddie is simultaneously beaten to death by vagrants with demonic appearances. Marianne witnesses this, disturbing her further. While preparing Cullen's secretary to testify about Cullen's alibi, because, oh man, that scene with Keanu and Craig T. Nelson, where he's like, okay, like, well, you got to tell me, you got to tell me the truth. And what a line of Cullen, like, like looking really just like, like serious acting face of, I was boning my assistant. Oh my gosh. I was like, night. why didn't you just say porking? You know? Why he might as well have. Go there. But it's not even just I was boning my assistant. It was I was boning my assistant the night my wife was shot. Is like those you can't have both those things in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I was sleep I was sleeping with her. 
the night that you know whatever her, his wife's name was. We the, were. Then <clears throat> Marie was shot. Can't, can't even say her name. It's just like my wife. Um, but yeah, boning, porking. I was stooping my secretary. Yeah, it's just so laugh out loud. It, well, we screamed. We howled. Oh, I had to rewind. I had to watch it again. <laughs> Uh, Kevin realizes that Cullen's secretary is lying and tells Milton he believes Cullen is guilty. Despite this, Milton offers to back him regardless, and Kevin proceeds with her testimony and the trial, winning an acquittal for Cullen. Temptation. Oh, that temptation. Oh, that slippery slope of temptation. I also love when, because that scene between um, Pacino and Keanu is in the subway, and Pacino, I mean, just like every one of his lines is already so hammy and he's just like smothering it's like glaze he's glazing that ham because he just looks at him and is like oh you think i haven't lost before mm? honey baked this ham do you get it because i'm the devil i fell out of the sky where heaven used to be that was the first time i lost <laughs> it's in my name lucifer oh brother paradise lost i literally wrote it john milton <laughs> you get it Am I being clear? Devil went down to Georgia. Lost that one. But I win in Manhattan. Damn Yankees. That didn't turn out good for me either. Didn't win that either. <laughs> Afterwards, Kevin finds Marianne in a nearby church covered with a blanket. She claims Milton raped and brutalized her that day. But Kevin believes this cannot be true as he was with Milton in court. He was in court with me all well, Again, day. not an iota of compassion when no. she says that. Not, not, not like, a like, Marianne, you don't. Uh, I, I've been with him all day. That you're, can't be You're just kind true. of losing it. No, like, how dare you? Right. Not even like, w could this be someone else that did this? And now you, you like are in shock and are traumatized totally. and imagining it was Milton. But really it was, I don't know, Dustin Hoffman, someone else that looks vaguely like Pacino. Oh, someone, someone of a similar height and build. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but no. No, he uh, can't be bothered. He just, no, he's with me in court all day. Marianne drops her blanket, revealing. It's not just a blanket. It's a full duvet. Okay. She's she, like, she, she drops looks her like duvet. a little, like, wrapped in a marshmallow, you know? <laughs> she looks very cozy. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I respect that mm -hmm. commitment. Mm -hmm. But she drops her duvet, revealing her naked body covered with cuts and scratches. Kevin assumes Marianne injured herself and has her committed to a mental institution. Bad move, bro. Bad move, my guy. Kevin and his mother visit Marianne, but after she sees Pam, Kevin's case manager, where we both were like, is that Deborah, is that Deborah Monk? Monk? <laughs> is that Broadway's Deborah Monk? And it was. It sure was. Having like nothing to do in this film. She's always like just in the background. Like, um, this hi is, there. This is like her biggest scene where she's just like there so she can once again have someone turn into a demon in front of Charlize. Yeah. So Charlize hits her in the face with a hand mirror and barricades herself alone in the room. As Kevin breaks down the door, Marianne commits suicide by cutting her throat with a shard of glass. And Alice reveals that Milton is Kevin's father. Dun, dun, dun. What a twist. Who she met in New York decades ago. So really, as you said, this movie is just a big case of nepotism. It's just yeah. his dad trying to get his son to join the family business. I want you to succeed, Kevin. <laughs> I want to be part of your life. Ugh. I want to play a game. Of, I never played a game of catch with you, Kev. Every so time, here I'm gonna toss you a bow. Every time I, I I look over to the courtroom and every time oh in my mind you know it's playing cats in the cradle. <laughs> Kevin then leaves the hospital to confront Milton, who admits to raping Mary Ann. Kevin fires a pistol into Milton's chest, but the bullets are ineffective, and this is when that big old like 
statue painting behind him comes to life and there's all these people like hello kevin yeah i know kind I was, of like that but silent kind of i was like is this statue wall was, was that directed by julie taymore because it felt very oh, taymor it's vv <laughs> milton reveals himself as satan uh don't you hate that when you find your new dad and he's satan <laughs> We just connected, Dad. Now you're telling me you're the devil. The devil. Man, as if, as if it's a twist. That scene with, you know, Pacino. It's at Eddie Bazoom's funeral. Uh, we say it like that because no one ever calls him Eddie. It's, they always say his full name, Eddie Bazoom. And what a name! It's a great name, yeah. Eddie Barzoom. Um, but Pacino's just in the back of the church. <laughs> Just looking around like, yeah, that's right, I'm here. And just sticks his finger in the holy water oh, and it starts right. bubbling sizzling. and sizzling. And it's just so corny. Again, like, it's the title of the movie. I know. You know, to be a great, great case for Peter Falk, Pope Detective. Now look, then we got the forces. We got the forces of good. We got the forces of evil. Exactly. That's what you need. You need, because you've got Keanu, he's there, but you need like... You need like the lovable detective who's on to Pacino, and maybe he, you know, whatever does he doesn't make it. He got he's got like a death scene, but you need like him like sniffing around, and Pacino be like, oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. just uh, you know the Peter Falk Pope detective. Don't mind him, and he's like, oh, scusi, scusi. Uh, one more question, one more question. Uh, one more question. Oh, uh, excuse me. Oh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Milton. Um, excuse me, scusi, scusi. I uh, I dropped my uh, badge in this uh, bowl of holy water. Could you uh, pick it up for me? I was like, oh, I don't see why not, and grabs it. It starts sizzling. I was like, oh. Mr. Satan, you're uh, you're under arrest. Okay, Vatican, take him away. Vatican. <laughs> the the Pope Macopter just swoops on in and Ooh, picks him up. I like know? that. Yeah, the the Vatican has like the whatever the Vaticar, the Vaticab. Well, a Pope Mobile is actually. Well, that's his. He's got the Pope Mobile, but he needs like his like second in command. He needs see, other I people see, like see. the to come by and like you know book him book him Dano. See our episode on Working Girl for more Peter Falk Pope Detective. <laughs> Milton reveals himself as Satan and tells Kevin that he wants Kevin and Christabella, Kevin's half-sister, to conceive a child, the Antichrist. She's Italian, or do we think he was in Italy being hunted by a by Pope Peter detective? Falk, Pope detective. Ooh, a prequel, Devil's Advocate prequel, with yes. young young Pacino getting up into hijinks in uh, in Italy, or maybe maybe this was in that uh. <laughs> When, you know, when Mike Corleone go, spends like a year yes, or two in Italy in The Godfather. That's exactly right. But also, like, what's the gambit here? It's like, they, I don't feel like they've, I mean, you're seeing whatever, Keanu go down this slippery slope of like, oh, he's going against his ethics as a lawyer and mm -hmm. he's yada, 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 X, Y, Z. But I don't think there's quite enough to be persuaded and seduced into this devil lifestyle. Uh. I mean... Yeah, you're seeing. You, oh, you got to see your dad get a beach under the table at this like salsa club. Uh, everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. Uh, but like, yeah, it's like really like. Oh, you mean you don't want to have sex with your half sister? I feel like there's some parts of Revelation I didn't read carefully enough. Watching this, I'm like, neither did the writers of this film. Mm, mm. Uh, but 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 between Connie Nielsen does like a full Jesus pose. Oh yes. That's and then right. Pacino, I forget the whole line, but he definitely says the word loins as like Keanu and Kanye Nelson are like, oh maybe we're gonna get it on. And he's just going trailing around and like talking about your loins. I'm like, how do they between Jesus pose and Pacino saying loins two feet away from your face, how do you expect Keanu to get it up? How do you expect Keanu to make the Antichrist? I don't know. She's just that hot. Yes, I don't know. Whatever the hottest person in the universe. Once they're doing like a Jesus. Well, that's on meant the to be cross. hilarious. Well, I, hey, hey, I was laughing, but <laughs> Keanu, Keanu could not stop. He his sides were splitting. 
busting. Real chuckle guy. fest. It was some chuckles and knuckles going on in that devil room. Uh, <laughs> Kevin appears to acquiesce at first, but then abruptly cites free will and shoots himself in the head. And then, like, it takes five minutes. No! He is falling so slowly as Pacino, like, erupts into flames and then turns into, I believe it's supposed to be him reverting back to a young, his young self. Or that's why he, because he turns into Keanu. It is. With wings. So I, I feel like that, he had the wings. Confusing. It had to be young Pacino. So actually, you could do a prequel to this with it just being Keanu as the devil. Keanu in Italy, getting into some shenanigans. And uh, we sadly have, don't have Peter Falk anymore, so maybe Mark Ruffalo as young Peter oh, Falk, as Pope we detective. know, his character in Zodiac is based on the same detective that um, Columbo is based on. There you go. Fun fact Ke- for the Keanu, Keanu and Mark Ruffalo in a Devil's Advocate prequel, I'm kind of here for it. I, 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 I mean, it's it Different writers, different director. Okay, all right, all right, okay. <laughs> okay, maybe it has nothing to do with Devil's Advocate, but just Mark Ruffalo as a detective. A, yeah. pope detective a pope detective hunting down a villainous more mark ruffalo's detectives works for yeah, me. Sure. but finally eventually after like five minutes of this uh kevin finds himself back at the trial from the beginning of the movie it, washing his face in the bathroom and uh i, I would love if, if like he left the bathroom and connie nielsen is you know whatever the stenographer and Pacino oh, is the is whatever is like the the judge, enough. and it's just like oh you were there and you were there and you were there, uh-huh. and then Keanu sings somewhere over the rainbow, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm assuming can add to the list of don't have Keanu sing. That's probably wise. Well, I Although think he we has a band, but I don't think, I don't know if he sung in that band. Mm, well, Russell Crowe has a band, but we still <laughs> saw what happened with like Miz. Yikes! 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 Would Keanu have been better as Javert than Russell Crowe? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Russell Crowe was not good at all, but he is just a better, like, okay. a better fit. Sure. Than okay, Keanu. You're right. Okay. Okay. You're right. You're, you're right. Thanks. You're right. Uh, but yes, Kevin finds himself back at the trial from the beginning of the movie, choosing to do the right thing. Kevin announces that he cannot represent his client, despite the threat of disbarment. Due to the circumstances of his withdrawal, Old local Larry, the reporter, pleads for a high-profile interview, promising to make Kevin a celebrity. Encouraged by Marianne, Kevin agrees. And after they leave, Larry transforms into Milton, looking directly into the camera like it is a Zach Morris timeout, and says, Vanity! Definitely my favorite sin! And then it just explodes into flames in front of his face, and cue Paint It Black by the Rolling Stones. Here's the thing. Everyone, it's a constitutional right that you deserve the right to representation. Mm -hmm. So, like, plenty of public defenders in particular are... You know, they, they don't get to choose their clients, you know, and often people are representing people that they know are guilty, but you still deserve representation. Now, if Keanu's some hotshot lawyer, he was probably hired, so he decided to take this case. Um, but, you know, there are there are some attorneys talk about the fact they're like, well, it's it's my job to do this. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do the best I can for them, which is different than humiliating a 13 year old girl in court. You know, and, yeah. but it's it's also like maybe you shouldn't have gone into being a defense attorney. Then you were a prosecutor. You won sixty three cases straight. Which well, there's some there's some line about that. I don't remember where he says orig- originally he switched. Right, uh, he, was he was a prosecutor. He was prosecutor. Sixty three convictions, and the oh, money thought... was better in defense. Uh, in defense, I thought the sixty three convictions 
Okay. I, I thought it was just 63 cases no, won. No, no, no. Oh, 63. Oh, oh. If you are a defense attorney right. that has resulted in 63 convictions in a row, <laughs> no one's no, going to be hiring you. No, 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 no. You. I know, I no, know. I, th- was... I thought it was 63 cases won. I see, I see, I see. So he yeah. won 63 cases and then he went to into... a defense attorney. And, and then Milton's attorney. like, the money's better though. He's like, yeah, well, let's just say I went into the case with a clean conscience. I got But there's, I don't know. It's so... Well, it is a film, so it's simplified, I suppose. Just like, okay, yeah. okay. Uh, I was yeah. like, I was watching going like, you're not even just going to approach the bench to talk about this? Uh, you're just going to uh, announce it in the courtroom? Okay, okay. Well, he really wanted to throw that guy under the bus. He was jerking off under the table now, that's in the true. courtroom. I, I think that guy's a real creep, you know. I'm not saying, hey, that guy should walk. Just saying. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Amy Joe. Because <laughs> I didn't know where you stood for a second there. Look, I'm Team Hog Beast. Let him eat his pancakes. Not true. As someone who's eaten a thousand pancakes, I sympathize. I sympathize with Hog Beast. I sympathize with the math teacher. <laughs> I couldn't even get that out without uh, laughing. Math was not my subject, listener. Nor mine. But you know what was? Pancakes. Mmm. I, I got an A in pancakes in, pa- in pancakes class. Oh, wow! Yeah. Oh you really yeah. did go to a very progressive high school. Yeah, I learned very little. <laughs> <laughs> the casting directors of The Devil's Advocate were Mary Calquahoon and Nancy Clopper. Calquahoon, a two-time Emmy winner for her work on the TV movies Citizen Cone and Truman, began her career casting a one-hour TV special called The Electric Grandmother which was about a trio of children and their father, Edward Herman, who gets a very special robot grandmother, Maureen Stapleton, to assist Maureen them. Maureen Stapleton? I know, the electric grandmother. Wow. What a title. What a film. What a blessing. Premise. What a blessing. Uh, and she would go on to cast such films as Scorsese's After Hours, the Stephen King-directed Maximum Overdrive, oh boy. Glory, My Girl, and the adventures of Pluto Nash. So some eclectic. Wow, some hits films. and some big misses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Clopper began her career casting Mommy Dearest and would go on to cast An Officer and a Gentleman, Risky Business, Office Space, and Ray. What a fascinating it's blend true. of uh Films and, and some other other high and camp you know films because this is a very camp, very high camp. Mommy film. Dearest is well cast. It is. I'd like to think the producers were like the only person who can cast Devil's Advocate is the casting director of Mommy Dearest. We need Nancy Clapper. Um, I mean, this movie could be called Daddy Dearest. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> if you gender swap Mommy Dearest, it's kind of this movie. <laughs> Why did you put your suit on a wire? Hang it, Kevin. Kevin, you gotta wear this suit at trial. Why did you paint the wall so green, Kevin? You gotta get control of your wife. <laughs> I mean, Pacino with uh, with Charlize is actually of like your hair. Your hair would look so much better up. It's kind of similar to uh, Faye Dunaway as Joan Crawford, just yeah. being like your beautiful hair and just snipping at her hair like she's Edward Scissorhands. I know. I know. Oh, what have I done? Um, I don't. Re, let's re. Let's rebrand this home as Daddy Dearest, yes. and I and make it just a full camp. Look, I'm into it now. I, I think, you know, I would like a live... I own 51% of this company! <laughs> I would like a live stage adaptation of Devil's Advocate uh, starring two women. Starring two women in drag as Pacino and Keanu yes, Reeves. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Actually, the... a mashup? Yeah. I'm not mad about this. My wheels are turning. 
Listener, we're going to work on it. We'll get back to you. Uh, now, let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. And some of these people may have auditioned. Some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all a little subjective. And as always, I have looked up all the actors in advance. And Amy Joe's going to hear it along with you, listener, for the very first time. So let's kick it off with Kevin Lomax. Amy Joe, your thoughts on Keanu Reeves. And who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Okay, I'm going to say right up top that... I had trouble coming up with a lot of casting alternatives for any of the roles we'll be talking about because I don't like to will bad things on people mm, I like, yes. you know. And I don't think this is a matter of if you get a better, if you get any other specific casting. I don't think there's, you can arrange a cast that would fix the problems in this film. No. That you really, really are script, script directorial. Yes, exactly. So Stylistic questions. Score. Yes. This Latin chanting score. As I told you, so often in this film, it just felt like, you know, Kevin McAllister should be blown out the candles and about to eat his delicious mac and cheese. And uh-oh, our Harry and Marv are there. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> uh, home alone with the devil. Um, so that is just my stipulate, my, my first thing I would like to say, Great. you know, so... I struggled this sure. week. Sure, um, sure. Keanu is fine. The accent is so bad. It's really so hampering. Inconsistent. It's really it hampering. Really, yeah, it, it, Southern. Southern. I also accent. just like don't buy him as some Florida dude. You know, like no. he he fits in much better in Manhattan. Aside from that stupid accent <laughs> that doesn't work. I don't know. I don't have a lot of good thoughts uh this era bd wong was like he he's good at acting um i have written someone that i might wish this experience on i have casey affleck comma trash person um you know what actually though because similar to how he was used in gone girl i could see ben affleck in this someone who you're like getting swept up in like all of like the the fame and yes, the whatnot, yes. and and I, I sure see him not caring about his wife's mental health. Absolutely, mental health. yeah. So actually, by accident, I've made an adjacent <laughs> correct choice. Um, David David Fincher's Devil's Advocate with Ben Affleck. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's a better movie it than is the a one better we got. Movie. I then also have. <laughs> This would be a pairing I would want to do together because of a film that they did together where they played father and son. Please. And that would be as Kevin, James Franco, mm. and, and Willem Dafoe as John Milton. Oh, I like that. I, I, I think like it, that. And also James Franco is someone who I find myself irritated by and also well, occasionally yeah. like, oh, you're not so bad. Like in a way that it you really kind of need for this film. waffles back and forth. It surely every does. moment. It I mean, sure I, it hasn't waffled back to me liking James Franco in probably the better part of a decade. No, totally. But, uh, but I'm thinking if it's a younger James Franco. If we're talking yeah. Spider-Man era. Spider-Man era. James Franco. Yeah. Or, or Devil's slightly Advocate. older. Yeah. yeah, 2002 Devil's Advocate with James Franco and, and Willem, Willem Dafoe. Dafoe. That's, that's that's not pretty good. it's not terrible. No, because I don't have enough information about James Franco at this point, so I don't right, I right, don't right. resent him. Uh, and the, I don't know. I just don't have a. I I just don't have a lot. But sure. I think it would be any better. That is fine. My thing is that I love Keanu. I feel like this character needs to have a bit of the darker edge, like a bit like yes. behind the eyes, where you can where, where you can buy at the end. I feel like I want someone where you'd be like, oh man, is this person going to be seduced? By the devil. Whereas Keanu, I never feel that no, way. No, he's just too, he seems, Um, I don't know, he seems like he wants to be like hanging out on a beach. Right. You know? And I don't yeah. mean, that, again, I like Keanu too, but I just, yeah, I don't buy that right. it's like, oh, there's something going on in yeah. your soul that makes me worried for you. It's also like the physicality of Keanu where she's just so tight 
and buttoned up and is like so like the stick up his butt and it's just like it doesn't it doesn't live on him well no, and that's a guy who i'm like you would be worried about your wife it doesn't make sense right. when he snaps at her no but he's he's such a physical performer that i think he's great like when he's when when charlie's kills herself and he's trying to break in <laughs> i think he's fantastic in that um until he's crying over her and they hold on him for like 20 seconds too long and then i just felt bad. but i'm like so many actors i'm like well this isn't no one it'd be hard you know one you should do this for no um but him trying to break in i was like oh yeah i i felt like like a fire in him that i didn't really feel in most of the movie because you're allowing him to like express his physicality which is one of his biggest attributes yeah. um and play a scene that isn't freaking I know, crazy i know uh so in that year in 1997 i think this actually would have been a good use of tom cruise I think Tom Cruise of that, oh, like, yes. thinking of him in A Few Good Men, Tom Cruise as Kevin yes. with Jack Nicholson as the devil, maybe? Ooh, yes. There you go. That makes more sense Or to even me. with Pacino. Still, Tom Cruise is someone I see, like, squaring off against. Pacino, I see him, like, of course he's going to enjoy this lifestyle and is going to yes. be, like, kind of a D-bag about I it. I buy that, like, darkness behind the eyes. You're like, what are you hiding, yeah. man? Someone who I think would be really good, I think Robert Downey Jr., 1997 yes. someone who you buy he's got he's got the slickness in terms of being him being the lawyer you see yeah totally. and what she shows is like tony stark you buy him in iron man you buy him as like the guy that's like Absolutely. oh i'm making weapons and i don't care what happens to people and then you buy like the the crisis and like the change of heart and i yeah. can see him like then suddenly really tapping into the emotion of it and i i think he this in that is, time would do a great job and i think he lives in a place that is more uh, j just like he, he has a more mercurial aspect to him yes. than Keanu does. You need someone that could be a Mercutio in Romeo and Juliet, which is not someone that Keanu would ever no, be cast and what's as. Keanu, the things he is most famous for are the Matrix, where in many ways he's practically catatonic and Bill and Ted, where he's <laughs> like a like a stoner California surfer guy. And John Wick, which is also just a very he, he's got a, such a wonderful straightforward yes. energy. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. where it's like someone that's like yeah he's, he's wheeling he's and dealing he's, wheeling he's and all dealing over the place totally. he's up and he's down yeah he, yeah you, like, you buy the like the the more risible kind of right. uh, uh, attitude really you want someone that can also play a villain I yes, think yes. which is Keanu is like the few times he's played villains much to do about nothing much to do about nothing I don't the think Watcher. you can count that's okay well he's, he's also a problem. villain of the Watcher and he's not good in that either it's James Spader uh Mercer Time movie. James Spader. James Spader though. Actually hey, that's not a, a great bad Kevin. Choice. Young James Spader. Or, He's someone you're like, yeah. what's going on with yeah, that? Guy? Young James Spader or like eh, maybe like a Roblo. Uh maybe Yes, but I think James Spader, I'm yeah. thinking like secretary style sure, James Spader. Sure. Like I'm very yeah. I'm very intrigued by that. Yeah. Uh and if it was made a little later, if it was made like today, like people that I could also great both great actors who I also buy they can have like the darkness, Killian Murphy or Sterling K. Brown. Yes. Well, Sterling K. Brown was on my short list, too. Oh. He's he's so, like, kind in, in, in like, thinking about, like, uh, People versus OJ. But then seeing, like, that harshness in Black Panther, which, listener, by the way, I realize if you listen to the Iron Man episode, <laughs> I've been meaning to say this forever. I said the only, uh, right. uh, like, you uh, Marvel films I've seen were, yeah. like, the Guardians of the Galaxy films. And uh, Captain America Civil Captain War America. Oh, and, and Thor, Thor Ragnarok, Ragnarok, of course. But you I forgot, forgot that about you, Black of Panther. Course, we, of course, had saw it in opening weekend. It doesn't weekend. feel like a Marvel film to me because it right. feels like it's just like a standalone <laughs> movie that I completely <laughs> forgot. I, we saw that opening weekend <laughs> in theaters. We sure did. Yeah. And both of us forgot that in the moment. Yes. Um, 
I just want to correct the record. Right. But uh, and, and and I think I think he'd be great. And Killian Murphy, I think, is someone also because of Fantastic. course can play a great villain. But Again, can be like you those know. eyes are so porous, yeah, and that eyes. gives you permission to go a lot of different mm-hmm. places. Okay. Jeff, great picks. You did a lot better oh, than I did this shucks. week. Thank you, thank you. Uh, so Keanu chose to star in Devil's Advocate over Speed Two. Well, this... that that was a good choice, I think. Yeah, probably. I mean, he despite a promised eleven million dollars. For, for the sequel to the 1984 hit Speed. You got to know what you want to yeah. do. And maybe you don't want to be on a boat. Yeah. Apparently, Keanu was averse to performing in two consecutive action films after having done Chain Reaction in 1996, this movie with Morgan Freeman that mm. is apparently not good. Yeah, um, and was a, was a flop. Exactly. But all the better. Because if he did, it was like, okay, well, I guess I'll do Speed 2. But then I definitely can't do another action movie next. Because then the film he did after this was The Matrix. I think... <laughs> He came out smelling like a daisy. <laughs> Keanu, what is your secret? Because you smell like a bed of daisies. <laughs> what do you use? I use daisies. I just rub myself <laughs> in fresh daisies. What can I say? It works for me. Every morning, I wake up, I do two hours of yoga, and then shower in a bed of daisies. It's really peaceful. It's really helped me maintain my feet on the ground in the wild world of Hollywood. Uh, I would love that. I would love. I would love just like yes, any kind of like Keanu Reeves. Not even like a workout video. Although that would also be. I would buy that in a second if Keanu no. Reeves had a workout video. Um, this is very Angela Lansbury's <laughs> workout video from the early '80s called "Smooth Moves," oh. which is for women of a certain age because it was also before like women of a certain age were you know encouraged to exercise, and it's all very like yeah. gentle stretching and like massaging your face mm. and taking a bath. So there is like Angela Lansbury circa 1980 in a bathtub. Did I buy it for a dollar on VHS? You bet your sweet bippy I did. I see. Well, this would be a two-parter where it would be uh, uh, cardio with Keanu. Or uh, rocking with Reeves, and it would just be, yeah. Rocking with Reeves. All right, gang, we're rocking with Reeves. First (laughs) off, gonna roll around in these daisies. Oh man, rock! And now we're doing push-ups. And And by rock, I mean I'm standing on a rock, looking over a majestic (laughs) field of daisies. He never actually works out in his workout video. He's just like like wearing a daisy chain of that like really beautiful long hair he has right now. And now, for our next set, I'm going to teach you how to maintain your glorious long hair. It takes work. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into it. So, <laughs> right off the bat, up for Kevin Lomax, John Cusack was considered. Okay, I can see that, actually. I don't like it, but I I can see it. Yeah, I can, too. I, I don't... <sighs> I don't see it being any better than Reeves no, I really for don't. different reasons. For totally different yeah. reasons. I think he actually, some of the parts that we have found lacking in Keanu's performance, I feel like he would do better with. And then the parts where he needs to be more yelly, I think John Cusack would be so much worse. Yeah, I just All that ending of just yelling at Pacino is, you know, I'm a lawyer because I win. I win. That's what I do. He does better when he's just like able to be more nuanced and kind of dark, but it being... Cusack or Reeves? Cusack. Cusack, yeah. It being more visual, like him just being able to act without words, those big moments, I think. Yeah. I'm thinking of him I like the you. grifters, you know, where sure. it's like much yeah. more understated. And yeah. it's one of my favorite performances of his. I mean, we, I don't think we really discussed it on the pod. He gets a somewhat of a pass for me, Cusack, because of his performance in the Stephen King adaptation 1408, which is mostly him alone in a hotel room, where his whole thing is like mm. he's an author, he's a writer, he's a writer that uh, does like, you know, top 10 scariest haunted houses in america top 10 scariest lighthouses and he's doing top 10 the scariest hotels and he stays at this hotel supposedly like 50 people have 
killed themselves in there. And he's like, yeah, I sure. And then this. he slowly is like losing his mind and is then trapped in this room. And most mostly just him. And he's like really good. And I don't know why he's so much, I like him so much better than that than most of the movies I see him do. But maybe it just has to do with, yeah, the, the subtlety of being able to uh, rely on your close-ups. And, yeah, and close-ups. look, that's a very particular skill that I, yeah. comma, a theater actor, <laughs> comma, struggle with. Uh, Trust, you know. So 1997, Cusack had a huge year. He had Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Oh. Anastasia, Gross Point Blank, and previous episode con air that's that's a lot a lot of movies for one year wow of course with anastasia you know you record your lines i'm sure you recorded that like two years years before before, years before but you're still like going to premieres and stuff oh of course of course so yeah i don't know in terms of like which is i I don't know what of those he would not have been able to do but first point blank is like one of his most well-known films that's true i mean i haven't seen it since high school it's fine i thought i saw forever ago it's fine it's charming it's i don't remember anything about it yeah he's just a hitman going to his high school reunion cool that's the movie gotcha so then he's got like whatever another hitman played by dan Aykroyd. it's like well i'm gonna get you and he's well when dan Aykroyd for is mini the driver hitman, i know it sounds like yeah. it's a real hard-hitting feature well that's when you know you're in a comedy uh-huh. you gotta exactly. make sure you're doing a comedy is like oh yeah who should who should a hitman be uh willem dafoe or dan Aykroyd? dan Aykroyd is the devil as far oh <laughs> no and steve martin no is kevin lomax what Oh, Just because they're the same age, God, you know, use some makeup. You know, if we're going with Ghostbusters actors, I'd rather Bill Murray. I'd rather have a real iconic devil. Yeah, that's true. Although I, because I, I forget. I think in our Con Air episode, I think Keanu was up for the cage role, but Keanu in the John Cusack role. Yeah, that's with them, great. I, I, I actually like think that. I like that character better than. Yeah, I agree. It, it, but that's like yeah, a very straightforward, no nonsense. Just gotta DA. get this done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I kind of like that. Interesting. So if they were to have done a little switcheroony and Cusack in this and then Keanu in uh, his beep role in Con Air, beep, bop, boop, I think it would be pretty good. Yeah. Because originally, this film was to be directed by Joel Schumacher, <sighs> which I don't know if that makes the film better or worse or it... just hornier. <laughs> which is hard to achieve. Right, because I forget if Batman and Robin was 1997 or 1998. It might be 97. I think it's this. I'm pretty sure it is this year. Wow. So Joel Schumacher was too busy doing that Batman classic and Robin. Yeah, yeah, right. But so when Joel Schumacher was set to direct. Oh, that's right. Okay, I see. I got to finish reading my notes, listener. Uh, originally, Joel Schumacher was set to direct in 1994. So back when he, before he'd even directed Batman Forever. Oh. Um, and back then, Brad Pitt was set to play Kevin. I can totally see that. I think a younger Brad Pitt makes sense. Once we start getting yeah. to the later 90s, we start creeping towards Fight Club Brad Pitt. Right. And it's just, uh, that's just much more where he lives. Yeah. Oh, you know, th- thinking of just like Brad Pitt features, you know who actually like, um, not 90s era, this mm-hmm. person, but a little bit later, like Leo DiCaprio is someone as Kevin who's a bit more like I almost mentioned him as a consideration even at that time you know whatever he's still totally. a young he's young because he's uh I think he's probably nine years younger than Brad Pitt well in 97 like Titanic was like a little older right so he, he is young for he'd be young yeah. for it that's why I just said Tom Cruise instead because I feel mm. like they're a little similar that's so funny because in... I don't think of them similar at uh, all no, I know the they're not but in terms of like for this role mm. I see them doing a very similar like righteous indignation yeah. uh 
Yeah, pinchy face acting. Pinchy face acting. Yeah, um, furrowed brow. Lots of furrowed brow. So furrowed. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot that 94. Because in 1997, Brad Pitt was doing Seven Years in Tibet and The Devil's Own. Wow. Sorry, Joel. I, I can only do one Devil's movie. I can't do The Devil's Own and The Devil's Advocate. Um, which he's doing about as bad an Irish accent in that as Keanu is doing a bad Southern accent. Brad Pitt is also not known for his accent work being good. No, but he can do Southern though, at least in terms of like Inglorious Bastards. Of like sure. he can he can give you like a, go, a good old Southern boy. I, uh, now, do you know Jeff that the South? Now I know you're from New Jersey. The South is more I'm than one aware. place. Just ask. I know. <laughs> <laughs> here's my thing about brad pitt i don't like brad pitt for this because for me brad pitt lit is always better when he's more laid back yeah. really like front-footed like oh, i'm mad about this thing brad pitt always reads false opposed to something like inglorious bastards or what's yeah, yeah, yeah. in hollywood more laconic fight club attitude. when he's got the room when he has the command of the room yeah he's got the status yeah, exactly yeah. where kevin in this does not and i, I it's, he's always like under he's always like one step behind of like yeah. what's going on and i that's never interesting brad pitt to me i think that's actually not a great use of his yeah talents but that's why someone like dicaprio works really well because he's someone who fights very hard for status i, I and like that's, that's a lot of what he does well that's why the two of them are so good in once upon a time in hollywood together because yeah. dicaprio yeah. is just like weeping over that his career is over and is so like I, I'm, I'm i'm losing i'm losing it and <laughs> Brad Pitt is just his buddy, stuntman, and driver. And it's just like, you're Rick Dalton, man. All right, here, put on my sunglasses. Don't let everyone see you crying. Oh, you're going to be just fine. Uh, and that's like a perfect usage of the two of them. Yeah. Uh, whereas this is like, I just don't see Brad Pitt. Um, but moving on. Oh, wait, just a moment. That sound means it's time to play a quick round of two truths and the some guy. You can't see, but I'm dancing. She sure is. The way it works, two of the following actors were up for the role of Kevin. One was not. And Amy Jo is to guess which is which. Mm. Your options are Edward Norton, mm -hmm. Johnny Depp, mm -hmm. and Christian Slater. <sighs> you really love stumping me. <laughs> Well, I just love playing this game. It's up to you whether or not I stump you. Mm. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right. So Edward Norton, Johnny Depp, Christian Slater. I'm going to say some guy. Mm, gosh, they're all very plausible. I'm going to say some guy is Johnny Depp. Ding, ding, ding. You are correct. Nice. Which I think actually similar, as I was saying, of some of the darker edge, someone, you know, regardless of life stuff, even as a performer, someone that has a darker edge, yeah. I think he'd actually be really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is why I brought him up. Um, but uh, similarly, I think Edward, Edward Norton, Norton actually would be, would be fantastic in this part. Yeah. And also, we know he can carry a courtroom drama, right. even if it's from the other side of the witness stand. <laughs> this is true. So Edward Norton had nothing in 1997, but this was what a crazy few years because Primal Fear was his film debut. Right. Um, and that was in 96. That was the year before. So in 1996, wow. he had Primal Fear, Everyone Says I Love You, the Dumb Woody Allen oh, musical. Oh, you don't have to tell me. And The People versus Larry Flint. Because it was wow. like Primal Fear, it, that was especially then where, which I guess still happens now, where, you know, the, he has like a splashy movies coming and everyone else in Hollywood knows. So he's getting automatically right. put in other things or people are seeing whatever, early Even cuts the public or early. Know, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And instead you've got one year, like Jessica Chastain, that one year where she had like six movies. She had like yeah. The Help and Tree of Life and Lawless and like, uh, I forget what else. But uh, yes, Edward Norton had three films in his like debut year. 
nothing in 97 and then 98 was rounders and american history x because he got oscar noms for primal fear and american history x and then he would not get nominated again for like almost two decades until birdman when he finally could poke fun at his image of being difficult (laughs) difficult um but I think he actually would have been really good. Yes. And then Christian Slater, who is like... I think that makes sense. I mean, in that case, you really want Jack Nicholson as the devil. Yes. <laughs> Since Christian Slater is already... so similar. Well, also because Christian Slater just does that, like, Jack Nicholson impression, especially right. in his early roles in, like, Heathers, where it's like, okay, Winona Ryder, I'm gonna... I trust me, the guns are full of right. blanks. Why um, not Christian Bale, then, too? Christian know? Bale. Yeah. I can see it. I can see it. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Also, I'm getting more ideas as we talk. You sure are. Um, But this is what Christian Slater had going on in 1997. He was playing Harry Bailey in the TV movie Merry Christmas, George Bailey, a performance of the 1947 Lux radio version of It's a Wonderful Life taped live. So it's like a live reading that someone recorded for posterity, I guess, and then aired as a TV movie. But listen to this cast. As George Bailey, Bill Pullman, Mary Bailey, Penelope Ann Miller, Pa Bailey and Mr. Potter, Martin Landau, Mrs. Bailey, Sally Field, as voicing Joseph and Nick, Joe Montaigne, Mrs. Hatch, Carol Kane, Clarence Nathan Lane. That's the only Clarence I ever want to see from now on. Even down to the child actors. Because as Janie Bailey and Zuzu Bailey, you had Tina Majorino, a.k.a. Mac from Veronica Mars and Mm -hmm. Deb in Napoleon Dynamite, and Mae Whitman, uh, a.k.a. Annie on Good Girls, Roxy from Scott Pilgrim, and Anne from Arrested Development. Like, they cast the crap out of that. They really did, which I feel... I think 96 was Independence Day because Mae Whitman also plays Bill Pullman's mm. daughter in that. Uh, so that'd be nice if he was like, I'd love it if you could have uh, this this girl, Mae, who just played my daughter. She's so good. She's so good. She, or she play or my, if they're uh, like, hey, we saw Bill Pullman. I believe that that person was his daughter. Uh, let's do that again. <laughs> Bill, we're casting your daughter. You know, you know, uh, she's just my daughter in the movie. We're no, casting no, no, your no, daughter. No, no, we get it. We get how this business works. <laughs> Wink. We, we saw Devil's Advocate. We know it's all nepotism. The like, devil uh, hiring his son. Okay. Um, I don't know what you're referring to, but sure, 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 sure. And let's move on to John Milton. Amy Joe, your thoughts on Al Pacino? And who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Uh, I, I'm conflicted, Jeff. I'm conflicted because on the <laughs> don't one know hand, why. it's perfect because it's so outrageous. <laughs> it's egregious. Uh-huh. It's ludicrous. Um, and I like all those things. But on the other hand, oh, wow. It is like just imagining the lines on the page. Um, I'm the hand up Mona Lisa's skirt of like, what is the, is there a way to make them work? Is it just the the real the scenery chewing? Mona Lisa's skirt. Or is it like whatever, like a smaller thrown away? Like I, in my, I, my choices, I think someone a little more reined in, someone that can do like the subtle evil, which Pacino is just like, how do you not know he's the devil immediately? immediately. Uh, it's like, Kevin, wake up. It, it makes him look so stupid because of how, you know, it's not just like, oh yeah, my- It makes Kevin look stupid? Yes, it makes Kevin look so I'll, stupid I'll just... to not, to not know- immediately that this guy's the devil well, okay i i to play devil's advocate <laughs> um here's my one thought if you met someone and they were the worst mm-hmm. would you still think you know what that person's likely to be satan 
Yes. I do it every time. Whenever I'm like, God, I hate this guy. It's probably the devil. All right, Jeff. All right. That tracks. That makes sense. Thank you. That makes sense. Point Um, to me. So my thought is you kind of either have to go like the full Pacino way and be like, we're casting a villain and then Mm -hmm. just... Which is what Jack Nicholson I mean, better. that's what Jack Nicholson Jack Nicholson is that. Be. Willem Dafoe is that. Willem Dafoe is you know? that. Or yeah. you have to go completely different and be like, oh my gosh, Tom yeah. Hanks is the <laughs> devil? Like, you have to play right. totally against it, but someone who you still buy as like the head of this law mm. firm. Yeah. But I think they're also trying to make a point about lawyers or one really, really, really long joke about I, lawyers. Pretty much. Yeah. I have oh, I have a few options here. Great. Um, <laughs> This is so stupid. Um, this is mainly for the scene in which he is advising Charlize on her hair. But I thought, oh, yeah. Stanley Tucci would be good at this scene. Yeah. And actually, he'd be good. Yeah. At, he'd be good in the part. It would be very different. The Tucci. Uh, the the Tucci. Yeah. I buy it. Um, we discussed this when we were watching the film. But for the musical version, why not have Mandy Patinkin? Why not? Because have... he's got that angelic voice. Yeah. That can go down. Just listen to some of the first few songs of The Wild Party. And you'll be like, oh, how's a um i recommend it um if you're gonna go continue in the villain direction then like you could you could i had so many like brits on this list like we have like alan rickman sean bean jason isaacs people who just like drip with evil and you love them being evil and they're also all better at being villains i was absolutely on my list um that I agree with the most of uh, yes. of those people I, you just referenced. I then have, um, I almost want it to go too far, like Pacino, but in a very different direction, uh-huh. and do like Daniel Craig fully doing his voice that he did oh, in no. Knives Out. Like, I fully want him to also be from Florida, but now <laughs> I've made it in the big city. Oh, it's me, Foghorn Leghorn, the attorney. I'm the hand of Mona Lisa skirt. Don't you know it? Like, A I want... Dino DNA. It kind of needs to be either at the extreme or really subtle. And as we were talking about someone being more subtle playing it, why not have Tilda Swinton? Why not, Why not have Tilda Swinton? I always want Tilda Swinton sure. to be in everything and also, in of fact, course. to play yeah. evil because she does it in a, such a nuanced way, you know? I love it. Um, love that Tilda and now Swinton. that I'm saying that, like, Meryl, come on. What, are you going to not ask Meryl to play the devil? What, are you a bigot? Come on. <laughs> what, are you a dum-dum? <laughs> You're a dum-dum? Yeah, I, so I also had Alan Rickman. Uh, in line with, if you're going to mention Knives Out, I think Christopher Plummer. Oh. As like the head of this law firm where you're just like kindly Christopher Plummer, but just behind the eyes, you're like, oh, wait, there's a flash a of something evil. Something there. Similarly, I was also like, in terms of someone who I think could do kind of rival lines, someone could be a little more reined in, but can be a little more grandiose, mm-hmm. Brian Cox. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Or like an Albert Finney. Yes. Would be great. And finally, I was like Morgan Freeman. Because of course, especially I then. I Morgan Freeman on oh, my shortlist too. I mean, especially then when it's like, not Morgan Freeman. Yeah, not exactly. the Shawshank Redemption's Morgan Freeman. Well, but now he's like, oh, now he's playing more villains and having a little yeah. more fun with well, his Well, he image. even said like earlier on in his career, he like was very upset about being typecast as basically like, you know, noble and all these other you know which like, is interesting because his first oscar nomination is for this movie uh street smart with christopher reeve where he's this really 
awful violent pimp who Christopher Reeve is like a reporter doing like a story on and Morgan Freeman's like I'll let you do a story on me but now I'm now you're I'm forcing you to like help me cover up a crime but he was in Driving Miss Daisy right well yes Yes. that that was after Street Smart but that's what I I was like seeing that I I, um, was looking at that a few weeks ago for some reason it like popped up on some rabbit hole I was following and Mm. he was just like you know I regret taking it because Mm. it kind of like put me in this like pocket and that's how everyone sees him as well and then like Shawshank is like the most I think well executed epitome of that you know where it's like well at least you're like multi-dimensional and you know but it's like now it's like yes we want Morgan Freeman to narrate our Penguins documentary you know (laughs) all those things which I'm sure he's also like well I'm glad for the work but um yeah something like like devil's advocate at least would allow him to kind of play with that in a in a more interesting way than he got the opportunity to do exactly because look but you know he's fine but he looks like dracula and he talks like a garbage disposal i would more think he was a vampire than he was satan yes if i'm kevin yeah that's actually i mean he doesn't sleep what you got a coffin somewhere you know know what it's less obvious of a joke than of course the devil's running a law firm yeah it's still a joke but it's honestly i think a little more fun if instead it's like the twist is that they're all vampires and it's like a kooky horror like a heightened horror melodrama uh in that regard Mm -hmm. i I think i like better than just being legitimately satan which is two and a half hours to get to the point we all knew from looking at the poster because i was thinking of like all the other big actors that have already all played Satan at this point. Like, Jack Nicholson already played Satan in The Witches of Eastwick. Mm. But that's a comedy. Right. And De Niro played Satan in Angel Heart, but he's barely in it. Mm. And you you kind of need that. You need, like, if you're supposed to be, like, taking this seriously, you can't have Satan be in whatever. Three quarters of your film. I was going to say, actually, technically, probably half, which yeah. is still two a hours lot. of this four-hour film. Oh, now I'm thinking about the seafarer on Broadway, Kieran Hines. Kieran Hines. But it takes a while be before you realize, is this guy the devil? Oh, this guy's the devil. Yeah. You know, which is kind of the reveal you want for this. And it's sure. it's not. You're like, this right. guy is Satan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So originally, the film, Devil's Advocate, was more visual effects oriented a blockbuster type movie and was turned down by Al Pacino five times. Well, he was making the choice he knew he needed to make. Yeah. I'm going to guess though, that they just really like, we're not going to get this movie made unless we have Pacino. Yeah. Uh, So Taylor, so they five revisions. I I think just to get him on board and Taylor Hackford went through uh, several script rewrites. And finally uh, he offered it to Pacino. Pacino said yes. But even then Pacino was like, "I I like it, but I don't think I could portray Milton properly. And he suggested that they should get either Sean Connery or Robert Redford. See, and there you have kind of both sides of the coin. Not that I think of Sean Connery as some like villain, but he, because of the accent and the twinkle <laughs> in the eye, I mean, leads us darker than yeah. Robert Redford. I agree. I mean, they they both played villains. Sean Connery more so yes. has played a more villainous type, but both of them I think are definitely more understated. Yes, you know, Sean Connery as the the hand up Mona Lisa skirt is is not gonna be screaming and bellowing. No, and Robert Redford because he's the villain in the second Captain America movie, Captain America: Winter Soldier, oh. uh, which I think he's really good in, and he's just like I'm this senator that's just like I'm you know I'm trying to keep the country safe. I'm just doing the thing, and it's like yeah, but you're 
you're invading all this privacy and you're like and you're like you know your maid walks in and you're like i really wish you you had knocked and shoots her dead you're like oh you have that coldness that you can like tap into so i think that like robert redford that's a more interesting choice because it's more it's like tom hanks it's or, like ooh, or even robert redford's uh many times co-star paul newman is yes, the devil yes exactly oh, like i'm, I'm into it like that i would say even <laughs> have a or i guess a pre-reunion a pre-union of uh from road to perdition paul newman as the devil and tom hanks as kevin mm. uh is interesting yes i want to see tom hanks take that journey from the clean scrubbed wide-eyed mm. to ah. oh actually you know who else is in road to perdition who Michael i think actually Shannon? no Oh, was he in Revolutionary Road? He sure was. There's lots of roads. There's, there's so many roads. There's Reservation Road with Joaquin Phoenix and someone else. Um, but no, who I think best choice for Kevin, Jude Law. That Great is, choice. Because th- this is like the same year, I think, as Talented Mr. Ripley. And, and Jude. And Midnight in the Garden of Oh, Evil. he's in there as well. But thinking as specifically as him, as Dickie Greenleaf yes. and Talented Mr. Ripley, of someone you're like, he's got the slickness. You buy him as the lawyer. You buy him as getting in like too far deep. Yeah with this um but still being ultimately like the good guy who you're like you know you want him to like pull back and like he's kind of a make better choices in a way which which um i think of like if you're gonna have like a high cheekboned person he's like the more mainstream killian murphy you know i think that's a an amazing thing to say i think that's Thank so you. on point yes jude law is the mainstream killian murphy which is to say killian murphy is just like a slightly better actor you know <laughs> killian Looks a little bit weirder i know? mean jude law's been incredible in films he's yeah. i mean so good in talking mr ripley he's great in a road to perdition that's why he's like the villain in that he's like mm-hmm. oh he looks like a rodent he but like, he's ooh. he's definitely someone that like you're kind of like i don't know whether to trust you or not which i think would work really yeah. well for kevin because you can kind of land on either side of it at any given exactly. moment exactly Exactly. Um, yeah. Ugh. Jude Law as Kevin and with Robert Redford as as John Milton, I, I think is a better, a better movie. movie. I don't know if we can make this a great movie, but I think we can cast I think this we into a good movie. possibly make it a great movie. But <laughs> I think we can make it a halfway decent a movie. A better movie. A better movie. Uh, and finally, for Milton, this was a little whiffy. I don't know for sure if this person was actually considered. I mean, of the research I do online... There's only so much I can do to verify this, but supposedly Richard Gere was considered. He did occur to me. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but he, I don't know how old he is in comparison to Keanu. Yeah. But he did occur to me simply because he's played many lawyers before. Just reunite him and Edward Norton from Primal Fear. Yeah. Have Richard Gere's Well, and he then, you know, just Kevin. thinking about like our episode on Chicago where he's playing Billy right. Flynn and yeah. just, but also in like Pretty Woman, he's like, I don't know that he's an attorney, but he definitely right. is like a Manhattan. I mean, honestly, it's, you know, he's the devil. He doesn't really need, it doesn't really matter what age he is. It's kind of, it's kind of helps bury the lead if he's a little closer, like not like the same age, but if you're like, oh, you're only like, whatever, you're 15 years older than the actor playing Kevin. Yeah. Which is probably Richard Gere's probably probably around there, 15 years older than Edward Norton or Keanu Reeves even. Um, I'm not going to look it up. I'm just going to. I'm just going to assume and say with confidence that's the case. Hey, He's exactly 15 years older than both <laughs> Edward Norton and Keanu Reeves, who I'm going to guess are not the same age. Um, <laughs> so those were all the characters that I found other casting options for. So before we move on, we're going to do a quick segment of uh, Passing Chemistry. So of the actors considered for Kevin and Milton, who do you think? I wish his first name was Milton. Milton? Lomax, Milton Bradley. <laughs> uh, the actors I for... like to play games <laughs> with your mind. Hey, Kevin, why don't we play the game of life? 
Hey, oh, you get it. Uh, Let's you... tonight. I'm gonna play a little pot cheesy with my secretary. You get what I'm saying, Kevin? Uh, oh, brother. Uh, who do you think would work best together? Uh, of, I mean, there's not a ton of actors up for them, but I would do Edward Norton and Robert Redford. I think are just the best individually, and I could kind of see, I could see either Sean Connery or Robert Redford. But I think Edward Norton facing off against Robert Redford interests me more than Sean. Con- I I don't see. I think Sean Connery and Edward Norton would not have the, the movie would not have been finished getting filmed. They, between the both of them, they are both such hotheads. I I think they one of them would have punched the other in the face. Whereas Robert Redford, I think, would be like, "Listen, Ed, look, you're a good kid, but honestly, shut the f- up." <laughs> All right, I'm gonna just to be slightly different because I do think that that's probably the best out of these options. I'm gonna go instead of Edward Norton. I'm gonna say Christian Slater. Great. Um, but I'm also going to say Robert Redford because I think that that's yeah. beautiful. Beautiful. The devil's where you least expect <sighs> him. Except in this movie. The devil's where you least expect him in Scotland Yard. Uh, so there are a few characters we didn't mention. So I want to briefly touch on them. You got Craig T. Nelson as Alex Cullen, who's pretty much a Donald Trump stand-in who's yes. on trial for murder. Yes. And um, I said when we watched this, oh, how I wish Trump had murder accusations leveled <laughs> against him. <sighs> I think Craig T. Nelson's actually pretty good in this. I think he's lovely. Especially when he's like mainly known as coach when he's kind of playing against his image yeah, as he's like playing a kinda, good guy. He's like a I real totally buy him as this like nasty, but he, unlike some people we have mentioned, isn't leaning on the gas. Like yeah. you just buy that, like, yeah, you're a super successful real estate tycoon. He's actually less obvious than the person he's based on. You know what I mean? Uh, it's Because he's good at acting. He is. I think he's very good in this. Yeah. Um, yes, you, of course, have Jeffrey Jones as Eddie Bazoon. Uh, and I think yeah. he's very good. He's fine. I, he's fine a, in this. It's a, it's, you know, I wish things yeah. had, uh, and not things had turned out differently. I wish he had behaved differently. That's what I wish. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. And as we already mentioned, Judith Ivy is Alice Lomax. Fantastic. So, so good. good. So good. So good. Um, uh, Christabella is, of course, a young Connie Nielsen uh, who would go on to be in many, many things, including Wonder Woman and all kinds of stuff. So she's a Danish. Uh, she's Danish, oh. Connie Nielsen. And she'd only been in the U.S. for a month when she landed the role in this movie. I, that, I mean, good for her. <laughs> it hurts me. <laughs> but... I really just wanted to mainly bring her up because I think she's fine in this movie. I mean, she really has got nothing to do. She's just there to like I'm speak hot a little Italian, uh... be, be kind of hot. And, oh, scusi, scusi, it's me, uh, Peter Falk, uh, Poop Detective. I, I trailed you, Christabella, all the way from Another boob in the deck. It didn't find me. <laughs> but there's the one party scene where her, the way they style her hair in this like swept back bouffant hairstyle mm-hmm. and then the one party scene she's in this red dress and between mm-hmm. the red dress and the hair she looked almost exactly like morgana micawber from Darkwing duck and <gasps> yes i did have to look up that name because i did not remember what her name was i was just like who's that duck with the red dress <laughs> with the big poofy hair in Darkwing duck and it's morgana i'll have the listener know micawber. i took all of my notes for this episode in a red pen because it felt i needed uh to really just be in the in, color of the devil the color of hell <laughs> um wow 
Wow. Hey. Also, can we talk about the fact that Charlize Theron, one of the most beautiful people on the planet, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you look a Florida mess. It's like, no, she has a perm, and it's actually a good perm. For a perm, I had a perm, and it looked like that. Yeah. That's a tight curl. That's a good wig. It's that uh, Elizabeth um, Perkins. Perkins. Yes. It's good. It looks like a natural curl. Mm. And then she gets Elizabeth like. Perkins? No, oh Elizabeth goodness. Berkeley. I'm so sorry, Elizabeth Perkins Elizabeth from Perkins Big. From Big and Wilma in and the Soap Flintstones. Dish. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> not that there's any shame. Elizabeth Berkeley does what she does strongly. Um, also, this is made today as Christabella Elizabeth Debicki. Oh, yes, please. Just a giant, giant yes, Elizabeth why not? towering That's great, over. Hey. Yeah. Um, no, but the ooh, fact that like. Made, ooh, sorry. Made today as Kevin. John David Washington as Milton uh-huh. Denzel Washington. Yes! <laughs> Just keep it in the family. Uh, I mean, Actually, clearly, Denzel you get playing the twist. The devil is great. Kind of cool. Yeah. I kind of want to see. It. I am interested. Um, what was I saying, though? I was saying. Charlie's pretending they're pretending that oh, she's the perm. Hair. They're pretending but, she's okay, when ugly. Okay, you when you chop your hair, number one, if her hair is naturally curly, which I think we're meant to believe it isn't, in which case, that is a good perm. But if we're meant to believe it's. it's not nat- regardless, it has curl in it. You can't get rid of a perm without like burning your hair. Mm. They dye her hair darker, which makes sense. It's it's harder to go from blonde to lighter, but they dye it darker and give her a bob. Do you know how much work it takes <laughs> to number curly hair? Like shrinks up. You can't put curly hair in a bob unless you have really long curly hair, like longer curly hair than she has, because it just like shrinks up. So I was just like, she's having to spend so much time on her hair every day. No, I was just like whoever did this did not think this through just logistically. Yeah, I, I don't have much to add as someone who's never had a perm. Thankfully, well, it's not just uh, perm; it's just like you, well, hair, it's uh, yes, physics, yes, which exactly, I didn't exactly, take, exactly. but I can understand in its most basic form. <laughs> now that you've gone through tapes two, three, and four of Rockin' with Reeves, <laughs> now for. Day five, our workout today is just working out those long tresses. I was thinking it's going to be chopping with Charlie's. Chopping. Welcome back to Chopping with Charlie's. <laughs> we're going to chop off this hair, and there we go. That's the end of the episode. Then we're going to do We're gonna do some, what are those, like, chops you do on the little machine? You know. Where you what machine are you talking about? Like a weightlifting machine, and oh, you put, like, a thing, course. and you do, like, half-kneeling chops. I was thinking, like, one of those, uh, like, QVC, like, slap chops, where it's, like, they help, like, chop, <laughs> chopping veggies and, and, and whatnot. No. I see what you mean. You you don't mean a literal chop. You mean, like, uh, an I exercising. I an athletic chop. Ath- oh, the athletic chop. Uh, Charlize is bound to know an athletic chop. Uh, she sure is. Uh-huh. She sure should, because she is. In shape? So, I mean, yeah, yeah, I just watched The Old Guard a few weeks ago on Netflix, and she still is just like, yeah, good for you. Good for you, Charlize. Just like... Give it a tight. You are, like, mid-40s and are, like, in better in shape incredible than shape. I'll ever be able to be in my dreams. <laughs> I mean, reunite... I mean, Charlize and Keanu would go again to be in this movie that I, for some reason, saw, like, six times, because it would play on HBO in constant rotation, this dumb movie, Sweet November, which just, like, she's just like, I have cancer, so... I can, I only I can only I only be with someone for a month because I never know I'm gonna die. So it's all November. Her and Keanu have an affair, and at the end, she's like, "And I have to leave you," and that's the movie. Uh, <laughs> it's not good. I it don't is know not how to describe the series but, of faces I yeah, made, but one was yeah. like, 
This is a dumb end. drama romance. Uh, but bring get them back. Put Charlize in John Wick 4. I think they've already filmed it. Yes. Or in The Matrix 4. Bring them back together because they both can kick so much ass. Yes, put them together in a movie that they're both appropriate for. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, you know, we're already, we're already talking about her. We're talking about Mary. Oh, it's Mary and Charlize. They're yeah. at like 20, 20. I didn't really, I mean, in terms of who else to cast for this I, role. I put a lot of people who are good at crying. Okay. Um, Demi Nat- Moore. Natalie Portman. <laughs> Natalie oh, yeah. Portman, yeah. Demi Moore. I didn't think of Demi Moore, but yes, a, a good 90s crier. Natalie Portman. There's literally compilations on YouTube of Natalie Portman <laughs> crying if you'd like to see them. You, you know, I, I could actually see, well, I mean, Charlize is a better actor, but in terms like Gwyneth Paltrow. I, I could see. Sure. Yes, I could absolutely. See. I don't. Any of them, I feel like, I, you said when we were watching it at one point, when she's like freaking out, like, is Charlize good in this film or I don't bad? know if she is. She's clearly an incredible actor. She, I think but she I don't is know doing she's her absolute best. Because she is acting with a capital ah. Yes, she is. But also, like, the stakes for this character are such that it's like, if she's not doing that, she's also not doing the role. She's literally seeing demons and has her ovaries ripped out by a demon dream child. Yes, by baby Gerard Depardieu. Yes, baby. I've got your ovaries. I mean, boohoo. I mean, goo goo gaga. Wah, wah, wah. So, like, what she is living through is is real to her. Which is also, I think, why I thought of Natalie Portman. I'm thinking about, like, Black Swan, where it's like, what's yeah. real and what's not? Mm. What's in this person's head and what's not? And I think by the end of the film, we're supposed to understand everything she experienced really happened. Of course. Um, right. In which case, if that's happening to you, you're going to lose it. Yep. You are going to lose it. There's yep. just no way, you know? Um, yeah, I hear you. And I think she does an admirable job with what she's given, which is trash. I 100% agree. I think this is the one, I mean, keeping in mind, you've got two men that wrote this and a man that directed it that their handling of this your biggest uh, oh you think it's character. done indelicately poorly and and mm. uh, mm. uh trashily yeah yeah you think they did maybe <laughs> a, an inadequate job with this character across all just platforms? a bit well you got me there jackson uh <laughs> let's move on to our final thoughts uh did you have anything else that we haven't touched on or gotten to oh <clears throat> the flamenco scene i yes. says is this inspiration for uh the jazz club scene in anchorman and you said was this stolen from adam's family values and yeah. i think both are true it looks it's like a bit of a reference to scent of a woman but it really feels more adam's family values i really thought she was gonna throw a knife and he would catch it in his teeth yes. and then all the champagne bottles would go and then it's like all the dancing around just being so outlandish i was like oh will ferrell watched this and was like i want to do that i want to do that but stupid yeah pacino just pulls out of his pocket his uh jazz flute that he assembles exactly i mean it wouldn't be out of place i know i they should have done like the full a full-blown dance sequence like uh uh toby mcguire in spider-man 3 when he's just i skipped it Bippin' and boppin' and boopin' around this uh, jazz club. I do think Pacino, though, would play the sax. Yeah. Pacino is the devil. Missed he's not playing jazz. Well, he's playing the saxophone. Missed opportunity. Actually, let's dovetail right into that. Because watching the movie, I told you, Amy Joe, listen at home, I think the way to fix this film is if it was a full-blown comedy. Now, I'm interested. We're already laughing at it. So it might as well go all the Be way. intentional? Yeah. So here were some thoughts that I had. Great of actors that I would have liked. If this is like an 80s version, 
80 version doesn't have a kid. So you just have like, yeah, it, it really, you can see how this would play out. You really don't have to change much. It's a lawyer that's getting wrapped in this big firm, but uh-oh, it's the devil. And you keep getting all of your greatest wishes. You'd probably have a little less of a baby shard to produce stealing some ovaries. Um, but just slightly. Just a bit. But you would have just like whatever. He's, you know, looking over the little guy. And you know, there you got Peter Falk. You definitely have Peter Falk Pope detective yes. on the case. You also, if you do have the baby, it's the animated baby from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, exactly. Exactly. He just drops a cigar and like, yeah, sorry, yeah. I stole your ovaries. Great. So Dana DeVito as the little little baby, Classic. nightmare baby. Great. Uh, Peter Falk is Pope detective. If this is in the 80s, John Ritter as Kevin Lomax. Yes, with great. With Dudley Moore as John Milton. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. I don't know what that would be, but I'm interested. I'm leaning forward in my seat. I'm saying, tell me more. Keep pitching. It's mainly because Dudley Moore is, seems the same height as Pacino is why he yes. first came to mind. Yes. I, I could also see... Ernie Hudson in terms of talking about those yes. Ghostbuster actors as someone who I could see also doing the good drama version of it but he also has such great comedic chops that I think he could yes. do both where you got like oh I'm the devil but I'm also, also like I'm gonna kill you and your wife <laughs> um and also actually good in the 80s as well but if this was in 1997 either John Lithgow or Christopher Walken as Milton. Well, Christopher Walken is a gimme. Right. I didn't say it because it felt too obvious. It's too obvious. It really straddles that line between like you he's, could he, almost you, have the serious version. almost exactly the same right. as Al Pacino as far, insofar as like what I feel like they're bringing to the table in a role mm -hmm. like this. It's like it's What's even more beep bopping and scatting and tap dancing around. Literal tap it dancing. It would have a full-blown musical number. He would be doing tap dancing on the courtroom table. Exactly. And oh, I, I would love it. wouldn't be mad about I it. I would love it. But John Lithgow as well. I think it was so oh, good. Yeah. Um, and in that version, I would want Paul Rudd as uh, Kevin have, Romex. Aye. All right. See, I also had some comedic choices, and I have Paul Rudd here on my comedic Kevin Lomax Great. choices. One of my other Kevin Lomax comedic choices, very different, is Patrick Warburton. As Kevin? Yes, why Ooh, not? Sure, young, young Patrick yes, Warburton. Yes, young Patrick Warburton, just kind of like beefy and stupid. Actually, that kind of works great where everyone is telling him, no, your boss is literally the devil. And was like, yeah, okay. I believe it. Okay, Kuzku. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love that. Oh, you know what? Patrick Warburton as uh, Kevin and um, Eartha Kitt as Milton. Oh, <laughs> now we're talking. That's right. Kevin, I'm your mother. I'm your mother. Da -da -da. 1966, your father and I had a lovely trip together here in New York City, Manhattan. What do you think, Kevin? Isn't she beautiful? Scoozy, scoozy. Uh, Miss Kit, Miss Kit. Yes. Oh, if it isn't the Pope detective. <laughs> Okay, you wait a minute. You're trying to tell me that she is the devil. Kevin, don't <laughs> listen to him. Hua. Ha ha ha. I'm the hand up Mona Lisa's <laughs> scat. Mm, yes. Uh, Mr. Uh, Pope Detective, please just stand right there over on that rug. Kevin, pull that lever. Oh, there's a lever right here. Okay. Wrong lever. Wrong lever. Kevin! <laughs> <laughs> okay, see, now we're talking. Why didn't they do this level of work we're doing? Uh, I want to end with this. Out of curiosity, I just looked up the taglines to this film. Oh, tell me. Hit me. Most of them are just Great. the worst. So here, here we go. Don't trust the devil. Wow, that's terrible. Evil has its winning ways. That at least sounds like it, someone tried. Speak of the devil. N that has nothing to do with the film. Devil begins and wins. 
What? I have no idea. This is the only one that remotely is okay. Even so, it's so I love it because it's so silly. The newest attorney at the world's most powerful law firm has never lost a case. But he's about to lose his soul. Yeah, that at least feels like it has anything to do with the movie. It's also 85 words too long. But also with all these taglines, and I mean the title, and the poster, it's like, of course no one is ever in a million years not going to know that Al Pacino's the devil in this. So you're just waiting. You're waiting about two mm, hours. Yeah, you're like waiting probably like an hour 40 of this two hour and 20 minute runtime for them to finally be like, oh, Everything you thought it's true. I know. Which at least is like a halfway decent twist that he's actually also Keanu's father. It's not just that yes. he's the devil. But that's why, like, let us know he's the devil sooner. Let's get to that. And then the twist is that he's also his dad. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever. Still whatever. trying to do them both at once. It, There's just inexpertly. so many ways. So many ways. I mean, yeah, have it be more of like, whatever, midway through. Midway through, Keanu learns he's the devil, but is already so swept up in it. That he's like, well, you know what? He makes some, you know what, Marianne? He makes some pretty good points. He's got ancient knowledge you and I don't have just being mere humans. Wait, I'm a demigod. Wait, demi-demon? But like if you had him halfway through the movie being like, you know, oh, of course that's, you know, who wrote the Bible? Like who said, who's saying all these things about me? Of course that's what you yeah. think. But I'm really not such a bad guy. I got a raw deal. I'm like, I'm just trying to make my living. But look what all the good, I have him be like, you know, have Pacino with like, whatever, his firm don't all this money to these orphanages have Pacino like dancing with all these little orphans yes. where Keanu's like Marianne he gives to the children and then he takes their lives but I didn't know that till too late oh brother oh I didn't know he ate them oh dang well you got me there mayor <laughs> you got us there Amy Jeff Jeffrey what are you recommending this week well I know a lot of people who listen to podcasts um, true crime podcasts, seeing as how serial kind of turned the tide for podcast listeners mm -hmm. in general. Um, so there's a billion amazing true crime podcasts out there, but a lot of them are very, very white. So I wanted to recommend one that I've gotten into recently that I like a lot called the Affirmative Murder Podcast. Ooh. And it's two friends from Baltimore. They've been friends for many years and they'll like talk about their lives and, you know, the world and stuff. And then they'll like delve into crime and it's there. It's really enjoyable. Their dynamic is great. And it's also just nice to hear like, I don't know, people who aren't just like, and look, I listen to, I listen to a lot of true crime hosted by white women, but it's, it's nice to hear a very different voice uh, talking about this sort of thing. No. So I'm recommending the affirmative murder podcast awesome. available wherever podcasts are found. Probably whoever you're listening to this. Yeah. Jeff. <gasps> Amy Joe. What you recommending this week? I recommended the 2016 zombie action film from South Korea, Train to Busan, uh, which quite a few horror hounds might have seen, but still uh, might have slipped through the cracks for some of you. So that's why I want to give it a little shout out. I, I think it's probably the most energetic and fresh zombie film since 28 Days Later. Because uh, it's it follows a father and daughter trying to take that titular train to Busan after a zombie apocalypse breaks out. And it really feels like a character-driven, like, father-daughter drama mm -hmm. that uh, just happens to get interrupted by hordes and hordes of very fast zombies. Uh, it's, it's very exciting. They made a sequel that this year, like, Peninsula, that apparently isn't supposed to be as great. But regardless... Definitely check out the first one, Train to Busan. Highly recommend. And that's what we're recommending this week. Da, 
Do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Email us at andalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. You can find us on Instagram at andalmoststarring. You can find us at Facebook at andalmoststarring. You can rate and review us wherever you're listening to this. The number of stars I'd most like you to give, five. Um, Yeah, if you're going to make a five-star review based on this film, what do we want him to say, Amy Joe? We want, we want to go five stars from Eddie Barzoom. From Eddie Barzoom, three exclamation points. <laughs> exactly. Five stars, three exclamation points. Exactly. And also, bonus reason to follow us on Instagram or Facebook because we say what we'll be doing next week. So if you're like, oh, I really enjoyed this episode on Devil's Advocate. I can't wait to see what other spooky, scary Halloween movies they might be doing. We reveal every Saturday. Every Saturday. So Facebook and Instagram, get on it, folks. If you want to be one of the cool kids and know, the know what to watch to prepare for next week. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, the devil! <laughs> God. Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. I thought you were Amy Jo the devil. Look, I'm a shapeshifter. Let me shift my shape. Can't argue with that. Thanks for joining us to see who <laughs> almost starred. Almost starred.